welcome to Science is Fun E. I'm your host, Private, a.k.a. Avery. I'm 10 years old and currently in the fifth grade. Joining me today is Skipper, a.k.a. Craig, who is an old nerd. Hey, not funny, Private. Kind of funny, Skip. Skip, I heard one of my friends say that their mother has diabetes. What is diabetes, and how did her mother catch it? I'm sorry for your friend's mother, but diabetes isn't a disease that someone can catch. I thought diseases were from bacteria or viruses, so how did she get it? Diabetes can be caused by a number of different conditions inside the body. Let's do some research and see what we can find out about diabetes. So private, let's first talk about the history of this disease. Okay, I learned that the name diabetes mellitus comes from the Greek word diabetes, which means to pass through, and mellitus, which means honey or sweet. Diabetes was first described over 2,200 years ago by a Greek named Apollonius of Memphis. In 1675, Thomas Willis added mellitus to the name because people with diabetes had sweet-tasting urine. Wouldn't someone have had to taste it to know that? Skip That is so gross. Why would someone do that? Yuck and yuck. Okay, I'm going to go barf. Well, normally ants and flies aren't attracted to urine, but they are attracted to sweet things. Maybe someone noticed that ants and flies were attracted to the urine of people with diabetes and wondered why. In the past, before modern testing, if a doctor suspected that someone had diabetes, they would taste their urine to see if it was sweet. Okay, but it's still really, really gross. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. It. But remember, urine is just the stuff that, at the time, the body doesn't need. A healthy person's urine won't have bacteria or other harmful things in it. That's still gross, Skip. <laughs> yep, like, still gross. So really tell gross. me more. Well, the first step in discovering its cause was in 1889 by two doctors, Oscar Minkowski and Joseph von Mering. What did they do? They removed a dog's pancreas. They wanted to study its role in fat digestion. What happened to the dog? One of the things they noticed after they removed the pancreas from the dog was that the dog peed all the time, everywhere. And clouds of flies were found feeding on the dog's urine, which was rich in sugar. After a few days, the dog went into a coma and died. Skip, those were all signs of diabetes. And I really feel bad for the dogs. I know. But these doctors were the first to show a link between the pancreas and diabetes. Yeah, and 32 years later, in 1921, a team of scientists at the University of Toronto, led by Frederick Banting, found that the protein insulin, which they got from hundreds of ox pancreases, seemed to cure diabetes. Wow, how'd they figure that out? Skip, before 1921, getting diabetes meant almost certain death. Hospitals had entire floors of children and adults dying from diabetes. Wow, that's terrible. So what did they do? Well, insulin is destroyed by the acids in the stomach, so they tried injecting it directly into the blood. They gave the first injection to a 14-year-old boy named Leonard Thompson who was dying in the hospital, and he got better right away. Wow, the people must have thought it was a miracle. Skip, it was like a miracle, but remember, it was from science, what this podcast is about. So they gave insulin to lots of other people, and they all got better. The next year, Banting and his team won the Nobel Prize in medicine. Wow, I'll bet they made millions from their discovery. Nope, they sold their patent to the University of Toronto for 50 cents. (laughs) Wow, a lot of people owe them their lives. That's what I call being a superhero. Yeah, you got that right. Yay science, yay scientists. But Skip, how did the insulin work to cure them? It didn't. But they got 
better after they got it. Nope, they still had diabetes, and they had diabetes for the rest of their lives. Insulin doesn't cure diabetes even today. There still isn't a cure. Okay, so what does it do? Well, normally, your pancreas produces many different substances. Some work in the digestive system to help break down large molecules in the food we eat into smaller molecules so we can get them into our blood. Okay. Right, so the molecule called glucose gets into the blood but can't by itself get out of the blood and into the cells of the body without help. Hey, glucose! You're like obsessed with glucose! You're always talking about it! Like, why? (laughs) Maybe because it's so important in keeping things like us, well, me anyway, alive, private. Every living thing on our planet uses glucose to live. Duh, yeah, it's kind of important. Okay, okay! So what about insulin? Oh yeah, well, like I said, glucose can't get into the cells where it's needed without help. And that's where insulin comes in. It's a carrier molecule, and it carries the glucose across the cell membrane and into the body's cells where the mitochondria makes ATP from it. Oh, so why do people get diabetes if the pancreas makes insulin? Well, for a couple reasons, Private. One reason is that a person's pancreas may not make enough insulin. Or a second reason might be if the cell membrane doesn't recognize the insulin and doesn't allow it and the glucose through and into the cell. Huh? Remember we talked about how keys work? You said it's by their shape. If the key's shape is right, the lock will open. Oh, so, like, if the shape of the insulin is wrong? Well, what if the insulin is correct but the shape of the lock is wrong? Oh, then it still won't open. Right, and that could also happen if the cell's membrane receptor locks are the wrong shape. So tell me more. I learned that the amount of people with diabetes has increased a lot over the years. How much? In 1980, there were 4 million people that had it. In 2010, it had increased to 10 million. And today, in 2019, over 30 million people have diabetes. Skip, how come so many people are getting diabetes? Private, some of it has to do with the genes we get from our parents. If there is a history of diabetes in the family, then a person may be more likely to get it. Other reasons are sugar and a lack of exercise. Sugar? Like the sugar in soda or a candy bar? Yep, we eat way, way too much of it. Our ancestors never had a lot of sugar in their diet. It was way too expensive, and so the pancreas never had to make a lot of insulin. Today, sugar is cheap and in many of the things we eat. Also, people aren't as active as they were. It's very important that children and adults get 60 minutes of exercise each day. Diet and exercise helps a lot in preventing diabetes. 60 minutes is an hour. That's a lot. It doesn't have to be hard. Walking, going up the stairs instead of taking an elevator, parking a car further away from a store and walking to it instead of driving around for 10 minutes looking for a space closer to the door, running around playing tag during recess. There are a lot of easy ways to get more exercise. Skip, what happens to a person who gets it? You know that glucose is important to make ATP, and without it, the body doesn't have the energy it needs. So people who have diabetes will be tired all the time. They will also have to go to the bathroom and pee a lot because of the great amount of glucose in the urine. That doesn't sound too bad. Private, it also causes poor circulation of the blood and the eyes and legs, and it may lead to the loss of eyesight or of a leg. And if it's not treated, a person will go into a coma and die does sound bad. I hope I don't get it. I do too, but today scientists have developed a lot of treatments if you do. Remember, to help prevent diabetes, eat healthy, lots of vegetables, not a lot of candy or sugar, and get lots of exercise. 
I'll try. Yay, science, and thank you, scientists. You got that right, Private. Skip, I have another question. Shoot. Well, it's January, and my hair is sticking out all over. And also, what exactly is hair anyway? Wow, diabetes to hair. Pretty good. You know that pretty much everything in the body is a protein. So hair is a protein? Yep. Like fingernails, horns, and claws, it's made up of a type of protein called keratin. The hair grows from a structure called a follicle, and at the follicle's base is a bulb with blood vessels. The cells in the bulb add discs of keratin protein to the shaft of the hair, causing it to get longer, about a half an inch per month. Hair on the head and men's faces will grow for years and can get very long. What about the hair on my eyebrows and eyelashes? Well, that type of hair grows only to a certain length, then it falls out, and a new hair grows. That type is also found on your arms and legs and in other areas. So what's hair good for? It's found in only mammals, and it has many jobs. Like, it keeps animals warm in the winter. Different colors and shades of hair can help an animal hide or make it hard for predators to pick one out of a herd. Like a zebra? Yeah, very good. The follicle of the hair also has oil glands attached to it to keep the skin from drying out and cracking. And how come people have different colors of hair? It's the same reason people have different colors of skin. It's the protein melanin. If there's a great amount of melanin in the hair, it'll be black. Lesser amounts create shades of brown, and little to no melanin produce blonde and white hair. It's the amount, and it's controlled by the DNA in your genes. Hey, a lot of your hair is white. Is it because you're old? How come old people get white hair? As people age, some of the genes in the cells of the hair follicle that make melanin turn off. So the hair stops producing a color in the hair, and the hair becomes white. I think it has to do with the stress of dealing with kids. They drive adults crazy, and it turns their hair white. Uh, that's not funny, Skip. Kind of funny, Private. And I'm just kidding. It's just part of getting older. I think the stress of dealing with kids comes from my sister. Also, um, Chuma's old. How come she doesn't have any white hair? Same reason your friend has purple hair. Oh. Yep. Time to move on. I love you, Skip. Love you, Private. That's our podcast for this week. Come back next time for another episode of Science is Fun E. Oh, and don't forget to visit our website at www.scienceisfune.com or listen on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean, or just search for Science is Fun E in the podcast section of your favorite podcast app. To suggest possible topics for upcoming episodes, email topics at scienceisfune.com. And remember, you could win a Science is Fun E t-shirt if you send in a suggestion and we use it in an episode. You can email me at private at scienceisfune.com or skipper at scienceisfune.com. I'm private, aka Avery Adams, hoping you have a great week. TTFN.